Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in John chapter 8, and uh, John chapter 8 continues some of the themes that we saw in chapter 7, that is the issue of rejection. So although the last week of Jesus doesn't really start until really chapter 11, um, we, we're seeing the development of Jesus being rejected by the Jews. Uh, but amid this rejection, uh, particularly in chapter 8, he's going to talk a lot about truth. Um, recall our discussion of uh, the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Um, but also, um, the themes of Logos, Life, Light, Lamb continue to, to show up. In fact, it's made very explicitly clear in verse 12 of John 8. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them. Uh, this is the, the group he's been, uh, uh, the Jews in the temple and whatnot, been, been rejecting him. So he speaks to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, if you were to summarize the theme of Jesus as light in a nutshell, uh, it would be right here, right? I am the light of the world. Those who follow me do not walk in darkness. Now, go back to John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, right after the famous 316 passage, Jesus says that, there are those who love darkness more than the light because their deeds are evil. So remember that light either will illuminate or it will expose. And Jesus says those who comes to him as the light of the world. Not only will their eyes be opened to see the light, um, but their way will be illuminated. And so what you have following this verse in John chapter 8 is a demonstration of people's blindness. So now this is going to be important for the next chapter because uh, blindness is the same as walking in darkness. So in John's uh, uh, development of this theme, those who reject Jesus do so because they're spiritually blind. They are in spiritual darkness. Right? And so uh, what we have here is a demonstration of this darkness. And then in chapter 9, we're going to get my favorite story. Uh, so tomorrow we'll be looking at that. Um, the story of a blind man who is healed by Jesus. He then is brought into the light where everyone who see physically are blind spiritually. So those who follow Jesus will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now notice there again, you have the combination of these two themes. To walk in light is to have life. Right? And so to be blind is to embrace death. And so what we really have in this exchange between Jesus and his critics is back and forth about darkness and the and lie um, and uh, the truth and light. So uh, if you are spiritually blind, you reject the truth. If you are following after the light of life, then you embrace Jesus as truth. Right? So you see how these themes are, are being developed by, by John. Uh, well, the issue they do in verses 12 to 20 is, uh, and, and, and this will be developed as the book goes on, um, how does Jesus, or who is his testimony, right? So he'll use, like, John the Baptist bears witness to him. His works bear witness to him. But here he says that um, the Father bears witness to him. So verse 18, I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Now, remember that John does not have uh, the story of the incarnation in his gospel. So, so he doesn't have the nativity story. However, his theology uh, and the narrative 
assumes we're familiar with it. I think John was written to people who probably had Matthew or Mark's gospel in hand, uh, possibly Luke's. Um, but so he assumes the reader is familiar with that. But what he does is he 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 plays with the um, what is ambiguous about Jesus' in, um, uh, birth that uh, in John's God he just doesn't, doesn't mention it. So so we get some of these themes. Like for example, um, where is your father? Well, those who reject Jesus has come as incarnated, um, who has put added to his nature that of flesh. The question of where is your father is an important one, because who your daddy was really determine who you are in life. And so when they ask, where is your father, which could be a reference to what most scholars believe that Joseph has died uh, by this time, between age 12 and 30, Jesus probably lost his, his father, uh, his earthly father. And so they ask that question, where is your father? We all know that he's dead. And Jesus says, um, you don't know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Right? Uh, these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. There's that hour language again. I, I believe we talked about that that yesterday. Uh, so the father bears witness. He goes on, verse 28, Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, remember that's the same language Jesus used in John chapter 3, before the John 3, 16. He says, just as the serpent in the wilderness was lifted up. Remember the story of Moses that the um, um, the poisonous snakes bit everybody and so Moses built the bronze serpent put it at the top of the hill if you would lift yourself up uh, and and look upon the bronze serpent you would be healed so Jesus says just as that bronze serpent was lifted up so I will be lifted up and those who see me those who believe in me uh, will be healed will be saved so Jesus says when you have lifted up the son of man then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the father taught me and he who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him as he was saying these things many believed in him so so what you have here is Jesus saying that look the true demonstration of who I am what I came to do will happen at the cross and so this rejection of Jesus was predictable but it's also part of the plan that this rejection will lead to his crucifixion Jesus spends a considerable amount of time in in this chapter asking why are you seeking to kill me right and they're saying look Jesus has been on the internet too long believing in these conspiracies but even amid the rejection there are those we see in verse 30 who believe in him and so see the light, their way has been illuminated, not just exposed. And thus they, they receive the light uh, or the life that Jesus offers. Verse 31, Jesus says the Jews have believed in him. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Let me recommend a book real quick. Um, I believe it's called Abide in Christ. Um, the author just left me. It, it's, it's not a, I think it's Andrew Murray. Don't quote me on that. Really, really just good book based on this verse. Um, and you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. The answer, we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? So remember, we have the theme of light in this chapter uh, uh, corresponding with the theme of life. So those who believe the truth see, right? They're no longer blind. And those who now um, believe the truth that Jesus is the light, life, logos, lamb, um, they are free. 
So the truth, once you embrace the truth, the benefits of truth comes true freedom. All right? And here the people say, look, we're not slaves. It's offensive uh, because God redeemed us from slavery in the Exodus story. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. Uh, we are not slaves. Um, and Jesus answers verse 34, Truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now this is important because this is part of the um, uh, theology of redemption, the theology of slavery, in that slavery is not defined by finding yourself. Isn't defined by liberating yourself from traditional values. Uh, that's what secularism argues. But the gospel would argue that in choosing to go your own way, in choosing to look like the rest of the world, you are choosing slavery. And if you don't believe me, then, then how about you have a conversation with someone who is addicted and cannot break free? And I'm not just talking about addiction to, to drugs. Addiction to, to this need to be famous or this need to be loved or this need to not be alone or this need to be respected, this need to be wealthy, this need to be in a relationship, this need to have a large family, this need to have this or that. And we keep pursuing and we keep uh, striving for it and we never find. And, and even though we keep going and going, what we find is we are slaves to our own desires, our appetites and everything else. Well, this is what we've seen in John's Gospel. Those who reject the light, those who reject the life, those who reject the Logos and Lamb, choose for themselves slavery. I don't know how many people have come to this church or talked to me and saying that they, they want a different life, but what they don't want is to embrace the gospel that sets them free. And all you can say is, you're choosing slavery over freedom. Jesus, who is truth, grants to us freedom. This is the hope of redemption. By his redemption, we will be set free. Well, let's look um, the latter part of it, and then we will be done. My goal was to make this another short one, because tomorrow will probably be a little, little longer. The answer to Abraham is our father. He says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father, they said, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And there's, a, there's a, another reference to, um, in John's gospel, it remains ambiguous. I think he assumes you, you're familiar with the story. But the accusation that Jesus is the offspring of adultery, either from Joseph in that he was conceived prior to wedlock, or, as one theory has been, that Mary was violated by a Roman soldier. Either way, the the rumor that Jesus was the offspring of, of um, sexual morality was certainly around. Um, and so here's Jesus saying, you are of your father, which he means the devils will see. They turn around and make their own accusation. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. You, he says, verse 44, are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Uh, now, this is very much in line of Johannine theology, isn't it? First John is you're either a son of the devil or you're a son of God. 
This is it. And he says, you are the son of the devil uh, because he is the father of lies he's, and he's been a murderer from the beginning. So by rejecting Jesus, they reject the truth. And in rejecting Jesus, they seek to crucify Jesus. Still the case. No matter what the world does, you cannot get Jesus back into that grave. And this is verse 48. Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Right. This is consistent with what we see in the synoptics. Jesus is accused of doing his miracles by being by the power of Beelzebub, Satan. Verse 51, truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. This is life language. The Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, as you say. Anyone who keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father father Abraham, who died? Right. So they, they say, look, everyone's going to die. You're going to die. And Jesus says, look, you're missing the point. As he'll say in chapter 11, I am the resurrection life. So you see how these themes are being developed again. So chapter 6 is a is an early climactic in that it brought the first six chapters to a climax. But then chapter 7 and 8 are going to bleed into what will lead to chapter 11, a, a, a great climax in the in the resurrection of, uh, resuscitation of Lazarus. And then we're going to get started in chapter 12, the final week of Jesus, which will climax in the resurrection of Jesus. And what you have is bread of life, resurrection of life, and the actual resurrection. So that's kind of the way John flows. So we see these themes being introduced here. Jesus is saying, you will never taste death if you believe the truth that I am the light of the world. And well, that's, that's Lazarus' story, isn't it? Now, he, he dies, of course, in the end. But the point of the story is to demonstrate Jesus is resurrection life. So verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. This is very similar to what he said about Moses. Moses wrote about me. Uh, and he saw it was glass. The Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus is probably in his 30s, between 30 and probably 37 at the Otis. It, it depends on how you date his birth. Jesus was not born likely on 0 AD. Uh, but nevertheless, um, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, if, if you're an English major, you're going to read that and say, I am what? I am older than Abraham. I am, I am what? But if you're a good theologian and remember what we have discussed, at least since chapter six, you know exactly what Jesus has said there, because before Abraham was, I'm the angel of the Lord. I am God Himself. That is why, verse fifty-nine, they picked up stones to throw at Him, but Jesus hid Himself and went out to to the temple. Did Jesus ever claim to be divine? Ask his critics here at the temple. The answer is yes. Hope to see you guys here tomorrow.